You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like, da, 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to, like, that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This special episode of Thinking Sideways is not brought to you by your wife, who's trying to kill you. Instead, it's brought to you by TNT's new limited series, The Alienist. When a series of gruesome murders grips New York in 1896, Dr. Laszlo Chrysler and his team must investigate, analyze, and capture the killer. Inspired by the alienist, this week we're going to delve into the death of Thomas Edwin Bartlett, who was discovered dead at 4 o'clock in the morning on January 1st, 1886, of apparent chloroform poisoning. The general consensus was that his wife, Adelaide Blanche Bartlett, was the one who administered the poison, but to be honest, we don't know for sure who did it. So that is our mystery. And just a quick little ears warning. There is going to be some talk about sex in this episode, so if you don't want the little ones here or little ears hearing that, save it for later. Oh, Do we want to introduce ourselves? Oh, we wait. probably should, because that would be great. Since I just gave away the story, who are the players? Well, I am Steve. I'm Devin. And I'm Joe. And this is Thinking Sideways, the podcast. Okay. Good job. It's like we do that all the time. It's like that. Yeah. yeah. We're enthusiastic, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> 
So let's dive right into the story. Yeah. Give a little background. Yeah. Uh, on the players that we've got. So there's really, there's three main players in this story. First off, there is Edwin and Edwin, the husband. He was a successful grocer. And I think he actually owns several stores, right? Like a chain or something? Right. Well, yeah. he was a grocer. I guess, I guess I meant that as in the business owner, not yeah. the guy who was behind the counter. Check exactly. him. Yeah. He was a successful bag checker. <laughs> <laughs> bag or boy, bagger. Yeah. Bag boy, yeah. Checker. Yeah. Either bag. of the two. Sorry. But their business was in London. He was 29 years old when he married Adelaide uh, in 1875. At the time of their marriage, she was just 19 years old, and she had had a bit of a tragic past. Both of her parents had died by the time she was 11. Wow. She was taken in by a family, and they raised and, and educated her. And nice of them. Yeah, it was. Oh. And that plays into part of the, the marriage terms, or the dowry terms, because it was an arranged marriage. Uh, not surprisingly, they weren't in love. Which wasn't really a thing at the time, marrying for love. Well, not for some people. Yeah, not most people. Not all of them. But one of those stipulations of her dowry was that Edwin had to pay to complete her education, and he almost immediately sent her away to school for about two years. So happy romantic newlyweds. Uh, Go to school, honey. I'll see you later. Uh, she actually came home on holidays for visits. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. if yeah. she was gone completely. But they were, when they were together, they, again, they were reported to, you know, have a happy relationship, though they didn't have much of a sexual relationship. More of like a platonic relationship. Yeah, platonic right? is the way you see it described a yeah. lot. Uh, there, there, Although there is some disagreement on that. Yeah, there yeah. is. There is. And that's something that we're going to talk about in a bit. But one of the signs that points to the fact that it was not entirely platonic is the fact that Adelaide got pregnant and had a child in 1881, which would have been six years after their marriage. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, the child was stillborn, and she vowed never to get pregnant again. Apparently, it wasn't an easy pregnancy for her. Well, yeah, if it, no. the child was stillborn. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty sure. good yeah. sign. But, I mean, you know, there's nothing to say that their relationship was had an inherent sexual component. There's... There is evidence, obviously, she got pregnant. I would say that's more evidence that Edwin was like, you know what, I need an heir to give all this money to. Maybe. Or something like that. Yeah. You know, more than... Uh, oh, they yeah, did it for practical like... reasons rather than right. reasons of pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. also maybe pleasure. Maybe. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, it, it, some people said they only had sex once in their entire relationship when she got pregnant. But then mm -hmm. they, I think it was their chambermaid said her, she thought that uh, she believed that actually they only had unprotected sex once. Yep. Which was once she got pregnant. Correct. Yeah. So Correct. I think their relationship was not quite as abnormal as some people like to No, no. To and, and that's that's one of the things, as with all these older stories, you got to be careful of the accountings yeah. and the reporting. Mm. Uh, but let's continue on. So the couple lived in several different houses in London, but in October of 1885, they moved to the Pimlico area, which is in central London. They had been living in another part of the city, uh, and what motivated them to move, I, I don't really know, and that's not really important to the story. But, you know, it's close to the, their, their place was close to the Thames. It's mm -hmm. actually a stone's throw away, so maybe they liked it for the dead bodies. I don't know. I, I, don't, I doubt that was it. Uh, but I do, what is important to note here is that before the move, actually since January of 1885, they had been going to the Wesleyan Chapel in Merton Abbey, which was about eight miles or 13 kilometers away from their new home, the one that they had just moved into. Mm -hmm. 
And that's important because when they started attending that church, they met the Reverend George Dyson, and he and the couple became quick friends, and they would spend a lot of time together. And some accounts would say that he would minister to them individually, while others would say that he was hired to tutor Adelaide. Um, and by tutored, I mean, well, I don't actually know what it means because there's a lot of conflicting accounts. I mean, it sounds like she was interested in in education and, you know, being educated and learning stuff. I mean, grant, I mean, you know, if that was part of her dowry was that she was to continue her education. The only reason she could get married was if she were guaranteed that continue mm-hmm. education, if she was into that. I mean, yeah, yeah learning her about husband would be yeah the well, religious uh, history. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. I, we don't know we don't know what was going on here in terms of what was taught or what actions were taken. Well, um, um, according to the testimony of, of the Reverend himself, he said that he said to uh, I believe to Adelaide at some point uh, that he felt that uh, Edwin was actually sort of trying to push them together, meaning George Dyson and Adelaide. He felt that they, he was trying, kind of trying to push them, and and that, yeah, and you see that, that yeah. you see that in a lot of places because I mean, as we talked about the the resources of the sources on this, say that Edwin himself apparently wasn't all that interested in sex, but he did. He had this belief in the power of animal magnetism, which is a force sometimes referred to as mesmerism. It's kind of a life force that can be tra- held by it's held by all animals. And can be transferred to others with healing properties. This is when that kind of stuff was going on. Uh-huh. It was, it was popular at it that was, time. That was bigly. And again, off. we don't know if that's true because there's a, only a couple of players who say that. It's, it was not as if it was a widely known belief that he he did this. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say. But what we do know about the pair is, you know, in terms of who liked what, we do know that apparently she had more of an appetite for intercourse than he did because supposedly according to Edwin's father, she took up almost immediately with Edwin's brother after their marriage and although, had an affair with him. Although Edwin's father really didn't like her Oh, yeah, either. no. And so he, he was throwing mud all over was, that lady. Yeah, there was some strong uh, disagreement over that particular issue. Yeah. But there's there's also uh, information that says that uh, she was having intercourse with, the, with George Dyson. Mm-hmm. And the reason that that it's said that way is that Adelaide and Dyson were, according to the maid, found multiple times on the floor in positions, quote unquote, unusual for pupil and teacher. I love that. That's such a great way to say that. uh, He was actually also supposed to tutor her in judo. They were just picking up paper clips. Yeah. 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 Um, but, it, you know, it's, I mean, it's not entirely clear if Edwin was, how much of this he was aware of or on board with. Um, and as we said, you know, his father didn't like her. And so he said a lot of bad things and she made some strange statements about her husband. So his yeah. his letters to the reverend seem to indicate that he was okay with it and on board. But it's, I'm not 100% positive. Well, I mean, Edwin... Um... Towards the end of his life, the past several, at least the last couple of years of his life, his health was really bad. Yeah, it was he, waning. Yeah, he expected to be to to die and and to leave his wife a widow, mm-hmm. and you know he apparently thought that Dyson would have been the ideal husband for the future. That's, that's what one he reason. seems to think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which was noble of him. Yeah, 
So we're almost, at this point, we're almost up to talking about Edwin's death, but there's just a little more that we need to share about him. Uh, Joe, had, you were just talking about his health, and yeah. yeah, it had been poor for years ahead of time. Um, he had been diagnosed by his regular medical doctor as having subacute gastritis, which is an irritation of the lining of your stomach, um, and subacute means that it came on rather rapidly. He also supposedly had issues with his gums and his teeth with left him in a lot of pain and discomfort, at least for the latter part of the year of 1885. And part of the reason for that is his choice of dentist, because he picks a complete and utter nut job for mm-hmm. a yeah. dentist. Well, you know, yeah, they didn't have the internet. You couldn't look up reviews on your dentist. No, I'm days. afraid. Yeah. I yeah. wish that he could have, because this guy believed that the best way to prepare Edwin's mouth for receiving dentures was to, I kid you not, saw his teeth off at the gum line. You know, I mean, it's like, uh, leaving the health thing aside, I would so much rather have a tooth pulled than have it sawed off. Oh, yeah. I mean, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd rather ridiculous. have it broke out. Yeah, yeah. no, that's oh, oh. And, and yeah. besides leaving the health considerations aside, I mean, I would I, you would think that that having rotting stumps in your jaw would not be a healthy thing. Oh God, no! Exposed yeah. nerves? No, this whole thing sounds bad. Oh, yeah, and it's and yeah. think about it. It was a handsaw, not a power saw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other problem that Edwin had was apparently it was determined that he was suffering from mercury poisoning, mm. and when his regular you know medical doctor. Asked him, you know, what's going on? He was taking some pills and he said, well, why are you taking them? And he admitted that he didn't know they had been prescribed to him. And so he was taking them. Well, yeah. And so he was getting mercury poisoning, which is not good. Well, also back in the old, I mean, mercury was used in amalgam in dentistry for fillings for a long, long time. But also, I mean, he actually might have, it might have been other things. Apparently, Edwin uh, strongly believed that he had worms. Oh, that's right. He was totally convinced he had worms, and and worms, or or excuse me, and mercury, actually in those days, was considered a good treatment for parasites. Mm -hmm. So he might have actually been taking mercury. Mercury kills everything. Oh, yeah, Including you. (laughs) Including you, yeah, by the way, I'm not recommending this, even if you think you have worms, but, uh, and and apparently he didn't didn't have much of a real doctor, um, exactly. His wife kind of was his nurse, and he didn't exactly have a Right, he would go see his his regular doctor once in a great while, and that was it. That was about it. So, you know, I'm not surprised he had... I mean, people took mercury for uh, syphilis and, you know, like I said, parasites and a bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, it was kind of the yeah. fix-all. Yeah. Well, the trick is, is it will fix everything and then yeah. you will not be suffering from those things anymore Absolutely. because you will be dead. Yes. Right? Yeah. You're right. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess there's something to be said for having that unquestioning kind of demeanor of, well, maybe this is just, you know, I've never been to another dentist. Maybe this is how things are done. But you would think, think after the first one, I was going to say, you would think opinion. the first time somebody started sawing your teeth, you oh. would be like, just kidding. Oh. This no. can't be right. Oh. Mm. I just the whole idea of like, it seems kind of awkward to get a saw into somebody's mouth also. Well, I'm sure it was the little dental saw. Well, yeah, I'm sure, but still, it just sounds like an uncomfortable Sharp time. as a butter knife. And Ooh. yeah, and of All course, right. not much in the way of please. So all of this is going on, and Edwin is getting sicker and sicker. And then all of a sudden, in the month of December 1885, his health seems to rally. Uh, and the couple are seen around town, and they're happy. And he goes to his regular doctor, apparently, who says, Oh, yeah, I know you're doing much better. Good prognosis. 
And then uh, on New Year's Eve, Edwin went to see his quack dentist again for, for what reasons I don't know. Uh, and then came home and he and his wife, they spent the evening together in their house. She then woke up at about four o'clock in the morning. Uh, they He'd fall asleep in a cot and she was sitting near the cot and had fall asleep next to it. Yeah, it was like in the front room or Yeah, near like the that. fireplace. Near the fireplace, mm-hmm. yeah. So he could keep warm. And then when she woke up, she noticed something wasn't right. Uh, and <laughs> so she, she <laughs> said that she tried to pour brandy down his throat in an attempt to rouse him. Uh-huh. And then when that didn't work, she called for help and, and people came and they figured out very quickly which that is, he had passed. Which was a strange thing to do because apparently, I mean, the, um, so their landlord who lived upstairs, she went and got him first. This is about 4 a.m. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and said that. I thought that. she sent the maid. Maybe she sent the maid yeah. out. But uh, whatever it was, he came right down and he said, well, he touched the body. The body was just cold as hell. It was cold, you know, basically. Yeah, stone cold. And so I was like, okay, I've got this body here that's laying there stone cold and the eyes are wide open and staring at nothing. And I'm going to pour brandy down his throat now. That, yeah, that doesn't make a lot of no, sense. No, it's it's. But you know, in her defense, I mean, yes, bodies get panic. really cold. We had panic. She was young, but also, um, no, she actually she was she was in her thirties at this point. Oh yeah, that's right. She's Fourteen I years. She this married at four... nineteen, so she's, she's a she's, thirty she's, some year old. Lady. Scratch that from the record. Anyway, <laughs> um, one thing I will say is that I have very poor circulation as a as a rule. My blood pressure is really really low, and there are times where my hands and feet are like ice cubes. So we and, shouldn't we shouldn't just bury you. We should probably like yeah look check for, for a pulse or something. First. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. and you know my core stays warm, but my limbs get really really cold and i'm convinced that if i did pass in the night and my fiance was like just went to touch you know my hand and just felt it cold he would just think wow she's like passed out or asleep or something yeah. and he's smarter be a, obviously be a week he's... before he'd notice right yeah he would just be like wow she's still asleep must have been really tired it's so mm. weird no honey, i mean honey, it's been three days yeah no i mean obviously he's smart enough he would check for a pulse blah 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 but i'm just saying if you're kind of in a panic and mm-hmm. and all and he was in bad health already and you know i suspect his circulation wasn't particularly great if all she did was kind of touch his hand and then she thought oh i'll give him some brandy that usually warms him up and wakes him up and then that didn't and then she was like oh ha that's why he's so cold okay Crap. dang yeah. it yeah oh well <sighs> so uh, obviously he's found dead uh that uh, that i think it was about 10 or 11 o'clock that morning Edwin's father comes over because he was in town at the time. And as soon as he heard about it, he came over and he, like we talked about, he was suspicious of Adelaide and he didn't like her. And so the first thing he said he did was go and smell his son's mouth, you know, for signs of poisoning. And he reportedly smelled something that was sweet and, you know, made a big ruckus saying, I want an official examination done of the body. Hmm. And the doctors, when they did the examination, there was no obvious cause of death until they opened Edwin's stomach, at which point they found a sixteenth of an ounce of chloroform in it. Now, presumably there had been more chloroform in his stomach before that, but because it it evaporates so easily, it was probably escaping out of his mouth. It also gets absorbed into your body, too. Um, To to a degree, yeah. I mean, it will. Um, And to be clear, chloroform is not something that naturally occurs in your stomach. No, absolutely not. No, absolutely not. It, Um, like mercury, will kill you. Correct. And, And the cause of death at this point was pretty obvious, but how the chloroform got into him was not... Because the thing is, chloroform 
will burn skin after it comes is left in contact it, with it for a second or two. Mm-hmm. Oh, Edwin's mouth and throat didn't show any signs of burning. His tongue was kind of bleach white, which is an after effect and is a known effect, but there was no burning. So our mystery is how did it get there and, mm. and who did it? To, to finish the story before we get into all the theory section, Adelaide and George Dyson, they're charged with Edwin's death. Uh, Dyson is almost immediately, or actually is at the trial, is immediately released from the charges in exchange for testifying against Adelaide. What he tells the court is that he had gotten her four ounces of chloroform that she said she was going to use on Edwin to help him sleep because he had been in so much pain. Because if mm. you know anything about chloroform, people used to put it on a rag and you put it over your mouth and you inhale that stuff and it'll knock you out. It's sure. one of your it's early used, knockout gases. It's used in the movies all the time. It really does. She did the story about why that happened. We'll get into some of that a little later on. But the, the long and the short of it is, is that they went to trial. She was put on trial. He testifies against her. The jury cannot make it stick, or the prosecution can't make it stick, and therefore the jury cannot come back with a charge of guilty. Mm. Uh, So they say, and this is the great, the foreman says, uh, of the jury says, um, actually, Joe, here, you read this. All right, here we go. Quote, although we think grave suspicion is attached to the prisoner, we do not think there is sufficient evidence to show how or by whom the chloroform was administered, unquote. Yep. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. So we don't know how it got there. Uh, there was a lot of puzzlement over that, yeah. actually. I don't know if you read that quote by Sir James Pettigrew. Oh, yeah, that's a great quote. It is a great quote. Uh, you yeah, want to share that? Sir, yeah, he said after the trial was over, she'd been, she had been found not guilty, and so she couldn't be retried. And so he supposedly said, quote, she should tell us in the interest of science how she did it. <laughs> Since she can't be tried for it again, obviously, she should obviously, just admit to yeah, it. Obviously, he was not convinced of her innocence. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. obviously not. Well, it's uh, it's almost theory time. But before we go to theories, let's take a quick break. We hope you're enjoying the mystery of the death of Thomas Edwin Bartlett. Here's a sneak peek into The Alienist, premiering January 22nd. You think I'm crazy? A monster unleashed. My God. A man obsessed. He's watching us. A city in fear. Ah! Mondays on TNT, the hunt for pure evil begins. Cold-blooded killers walk among us. Based on the best-selling novel, Daniel Bruhl, Luke Evans, and Dakota Fanning. What compels a man? To do evil. The Alienist. New limited series Mondays at 9, 8 central on TNT. And we're back. Yeah. And let's get into those theories. Yeah. So the first theory is suicide. The theory is that, and some people say that the only way that Ed, that the chloroform could have got down his through his mouth and his throat into his stomach fast enough and not cause any visible burns was if someone were to have willingly and quickly drank it. 
Yeah. Mix uh, it up with some brandy or something and just chug it right down. Yeah, yeah. And and the problem is is that, you know, back I mean, this is 1886 at this point. So other than a visual inspection of his throat, you know, today they could take a microscope and they could probably do some analysis to figure that stuff out. Like how long did it take to actually swallow it all? But today we don't or at that time they didn't have that ability. So we can't do like a, a fine a fine examination of it. I mean, as we talked about before, he is supposedly, uh, you know, he had been in ill health and he had been told that he only had one year to live. And there's the fact that he had, so he has in his, he had in his will for a long time that everything went to his wife with stipulation, which was common in that time, that she didn't remarry. Mm -hmm. Strangely, he changed his will about three months prior to that at the encouragement of George Dyson. So people say, well, that's, hmm, that's an odd bot about that. Um, and we talked about this before, is that it may have been that he, he wanted them, as Joe had pointed out before, to hook up and become a couple. And if he were just to remove himself from the picture, that would be the most ex expedient way to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, 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 it does make sense. It, it, it does appear, I mean, it's been said by many various people that he thought Dyson would be the ideal husband for mm -hmm. her after his death. The other thing to keep in mind is uh, people say, well, I mean, drinking chloroform apparently tastes really hideous. Yeah. And there's that whole thing about, remember the brandy? There's yeah. that glass of brandy in the, or there's a bottle of brandy in the room and a glass with brandy in it. So people say, well, maybe he poured it into the brandy to cut the flavor and that helped prevent it from causing burns. I, I mean, the problem, the hard part about chloroform is that, and this applies to all of our theories, is there isn't a whole lot of data about how quickly it will take, it will kill someone. So I don't know if he was intending to, to take his own life. Would he have known if he had enough and how long it would take? It doesn't take much, my understanding. It, it, uh, chloroform, apparently, in fairly small doses, can stop your heart. Well, see, that's so the thing. Though, I looked. Much. I saw stuff where a guy had had about about like a quarter of an ounce and had had died, and there was a guy who had had four ounces of the stuff and had lived. Mm. So it's all over the map. Now, the other problem with that, of course, is that it's the era that it happens. You know, in a modern age, if somebody drinks that, they're able to pump your stomach and and give well, you all kinds of medication, help revive you. Also, the if you, 50, 70 years ago, that wasn't available. Yeah, if you drank four ounces and then immediately threw it all up, you might live too. Right. I mean, maybe, I don't know. So, But, but that's the know. problem with the accounts of, you know, when I see these numbers and don't know how much it's going to take. Um, but that's all I have on that. I mean, I'm not really, I don't know. I don't know about that theory. Um, but uh, it's entirely possible. I mean, it sounds like he was fairly miserable. His health was, his, it was pretty bad. He had no teeth. Uh, yeah. He was gumming everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the stubbing, worst sort of way. Stubbing everything. Yeah. Stubbing everything. Yeah. Right. yeah well, yeah. Um, well, let's move on to. This, 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 actually, this story really does make me want to go see my dentist. Uh, you me should. too. Yeah. yeah. Frequently and often. We do yeah. have dental insurance through the podcast, right? Uh, no. Not oh. yet. Well, Soon. actually, same kind of guy that uh, Edwin had probably. Okay. That's yeah. what we can afford. Fair enough. That's what my, I got us the cheapest plan possible. Okay. Okay. Uh, so let's move to the next theory, which is that his wife, Adelaide, was the one who did it. That's a popular theory. Well, yeah. popular with a lot of people, including, as we said before, Edwin's father. Um, now, the reason why to do that, in a way, seems easy because 
she'd been married to him for 14 years and she was tired of him and she had this new boyfriend that she would rather be with. And supposedly, as we've kind of talked about before, there's the fact that he, apparently they didn't have a sexual relationship, whereas she did with Dyson. Although other accounts have said that uh, he actually did want to have sex with her, but she didn't want to because, uh, well, for one reason, because of all the stuff that was going on in his mouth. Apparently his breath was really foul. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and that's that's one of the reasons. So we'll talk about this now is the chloroform. Where did the chloroform come from? Well, Adelaide had Dyson procure it for her. And what happened at the time is the requirements were that you had, if you were going to get any more than I believe one ounce at a time, because it's a toxic substance, you had to sign the book saying you got two or five ounces or whatever the heck amount it was. So he went through to four different locations over the course of two days and it procured it in one ounce quantities Mm. and then poured it all into one bottle and gave her that big bottle. She And then, according to some people, what she said was that she wasn't going to use it to help her husband sleep, but instead, when he came at her in a quote-unquote lustful way, she was going to put it on a handkerchief and wave it in his face until he passed out, thereby sparing herself from having to endure his breath. Mm. Mm. Which I've known some people who had some pretty bad breath, so I kind of understand that. I kind of do too, but like maybe just turn your head or something i don't know uh, yeah but the but the problem with that all is that this whole they never almost never had intercourse thing is that she appears to have occasionally slept with him because condoms were found in edwin's belongings which would indicate that he was having sex with someone used condoms new condoms yeah so presumably he had been using condoms and therefore, it had been together. And the whole thing about, like, you remember we talked about when she got pregnant? Mm-hmm. She had made a statement to somebody at one point that the no. one time they didn't use protection, she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. So that indicates that they might have actually had a sexual relationship. Sounds like, yeah. I think um, that, would, that would be a little more believable. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, or or he was hopeful. You know, he was thinking, <laughs> there is okay. The, the well of eternal hope well, for married or, men. Or, I mean, even in terms of, like, uh, he had been having these like really bad health problems and so probably while that was going on they weren't really being physical with each other but then when his health rallies yeah he thought oh yeah this is gonna be my chance and maybe he went to go have some sort of you know breath freshening procedure done or something like that at the dentist and he was like this is the this is how we're gonna ring in the new year it's gonna be amazing i'm in such good health and we're just turning a new leaf everything's great and that's why he had new condoms Maybe. Uh, I'll set, but I don't know. Didn't normally happen. Well, my anyway. problem. My problem here, though, is is why did why would she kill him? I mean, if you think about it, she's got a boyfriend on the side. Mm-hmm. It appears to have been given the blessing. She's with a man who can provide for her in a manner that she has been accustomed to. Mm-hmm. So it do, it doesn't make sense to me. But then again, there's mm. also like, okay, well, why did Dyson go around and get the the chloroform in such a sneak? fashion if everything was going to be on board and it was all none of it was pre-planned well, i don't know here's one thing i will say is in portland oregon proper mm-hmm. you have to to buy spray paint you gotta show your id and they'll write your name in the log mm-hmm. or you can drive like 15 minutes up into vancouver or even like 
just a little bit outside of Portland and not have to do that. Great job telling all the taggers where to go. Well, like, no, but really. honestly, I don't use spray paint go to, to tag Skippy things. Go to Spray Paint Emporium. Well, I, I don't. Do I mean, I don't, right? I use it for totally legal, totally yeah. normal, creative reasons. But Painting I would way rather drive the extra 10 minutes or whatever it is to not have to deal with the whole process of the ID and like blah, blah, blah. It's not quite that inconvenient as long as there's somebody there to actually open the cabinet and get the get it to you. But uh, yeah, but that's he would have only had to have gone through it once. Instead, he he went all over town. He went to four different vendors. That's to not have to deal with it. That's a lot of commuting back in the day. No, I agree. I'm sorry. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I I think he. That was super that was weird hokey. and suspicious. Why did he do yeah. that? I think I, I think he actually went to three. I can't remember now. No, uh, he went to. He said he went to four different locations. Four, yeah, saying, I, and I thought it was he, that you couldn't. It wasn't just that they got you to sign something. You, without a prescription, you couldn't get more than an ounce or two. But she. But here's the weird thing: is she she had procured a prescription for her husband. So it again seems like. They should have been able to get it. Well, now, actually, what she, what he said in his testimony to the court is that she, when she asked him uh, to do it, he said, well, why, don't you get, why doesn't your doctor give it to you? And she said, well, actually, it's Annie, our nurse, who is away on vacation now. She usually gets it. Oh, and so, and so since she's right. gone, I need to get chloroform from somewhere else. So can you get some for me? And so that's what he did. And yeah uh, but uh but that's what he said anyway yeah. that's what he said in court that he said to her like well, why not the doctor i was gonna say even if she did have a prescription if she wasn't going herself and he, or you know the person who the prescription was written for erwin wasn't edwin. edwin sorry wasn't going himself i don't know how i don't know if pharmacists will fill it for just anyone you know what I mean? If I don't you have know the what prescription, the rules were in, in London. I don't either. I think they would have been Maybe. a little looser back in those days. Yeah. But back to your, your thing about why would she kill him, though. Mm-hmm. I can think of one good reason. He's been, he's been in bad health for a long time. She's been nursing him for a long time. And she's tired of doing she's it? She's tired of it. You know, she wants a life. She's still fairly young. Alternately. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. She's still fairly young. She's thinking, well, if he dies... Sooner rather than later, maybe I can still have some semblance of a life, you know, for a little while. I was just thinking, going back again to him, his health getting better, maybe she, maybe, you know, he said, um, oh, yeah, my health is getting better now. I don't have all these limitations. We can resume our physical relationship. We can, you know, Uh, become husband and wife again. You can stop your side thing, your side hustle with this other guy. That's fine. Here we go. We're, I mean, we're going to do our thing and this is, we're going to be a married couple. And she was like, oh, no. Oh, that's oh, not yeah. what I wanted Uh-oh. at maybe, all. <laughs> yeah, maybe she was actually liking the, the you know George Dyson better, and maybe also she's been poisoning him the entire time, just possible. at a low level, keeping him sick. Possible. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's that's entirely possible. Now, now, how did she go about doing it? So that's part of this theory is okay. Well, how did she do it? Because obviously, when he was asleep, she didn't just or if she had knocked him out with chloroform, she didn't then just pour it down his gullet yeah. because that would have take it would have taken too long to go down his throat and it would have caused the burns. There's the whole brandy thing. So there's that glass of brandy. So maybe she lied when she said she woke up and used the brandy to try to revive him, and instead she, as the theory goes. Put the chloroform in his brand. He said, "Hey, it's New Year's. It's New Year's, sweetie. Let's have a toast." And he tosses it back, unknowingly ingesting the poison that's going to kill him. Could have been. Uh, uh, this is a really dumb question. Okay, but I oh I keep wondering this about this case. Is um, it had to have been ingestion, right? Yeah. Okay. 
I wondered too if it was like some a needle or something. I just wondered that too. I I would assume that because it was an autopsy, I would assume they would look for needle marks. I but mean, I, can I would of, assume that too. But I can think of two other ways you can get into the stomach, though. <laughs> One is through a, through intubation, just running down a uh-huh. hose. If you knocked him out, you could run a tube down his throat and and pour it in that way. Although, yeah. Then again, I'm not so sure that she was that well informed about the effects of chloroform. Right. Yeah. That she would have known. That she would have known to hide that, it. That yeah. it would have it would have done. And another possibility is that. Um, he had eaten a meal not too long before his death. Mm-hmm. It's possible you could have put it in the food itself and not in, in some sort of sealed form, like yeah, a capsule or that, something, like cut inside a cut of steak, you know? But that would be really hard for him to chew and swallow. He's or, not he, chewing he's very not chewing, well. So he can't really chew. Yeah, yeah, he might, he might, but I would think that he would observe that in his food unless he was on a truly liquid diet, you know, like mashed potatoes and soup. Mm-hmm. The problem with chloroform, though, is that it evaporates so fast that if you pour it into his soup and he's eating Well, if it were soup, like in a capsule that's what or I'm, something. I'm talking, yeah, I'm talking about encapsulated okay. form, so he can't yeah. taste it, can't smell it. And, and I don't remember anything about them finding anything like that in his in his stomach, at least not uh-huh. noted in the, the recordings. So. Yeah, you would think they would have noted that. But there yeah. could have been some, some natural form of something. You know, maybe she broke up in a walnut and filled it with chloroform and then super glued it back together, mm-hmm. you know, and then fed that to him. Yeah. And they were, and, the, and in the autopsy, they weren't like, oh, it's weird. There's an entire walnut, walnut shell in yeah. his yeah. stomach. Uh, you know, mm. this is this is the, the 19th century. Oh, walnut, of course. Of okay. Course. I don't know. But obviously. Not, but obviously, and I don't seriously literally mean a walnut, I, but yeah, something. I know what you but yeah, no, you're I right. I mean, he could, she could have just poisoned him in a, a bunch of different ways. Yeah. So let's move to our third theory, our third culprit, which is the Reverend George Dyson. Um, now, the hardest part about this story is that, as we talked about earlier, Dyson says he went to all these places and, and got the chloroform. And then when everything was said and done and the cops were on to him, quote unquote, it seemed like a cop were on to him. He was walking on a path and he chucked the bottles on the side of a path. So he just, he got rid of that evidence, mm-hmm. which, you know, I would imagine if he truly had gotten it from different places, they might be able to ID that. I don't know, mass spectrometer or whatever they would use, but of course oh, they don't have yeah. that available. She also though, she threw away the bottle that she had her chloroform in the four ounces that he had given her. I think she chucked it in a railway trash can, if I remember right. So they're both they're both seem guilty here, and they're both throwing well, evidence away. Yeah, and especially she looked the, the guiltiest of the two, if you could believe his testimony anyway, because apparently she said one of the reasons he, he asked her, well, why does he need chloroform? And and she was like, well, he's got this this internal problem mm-hmm. that it gives him paroxysm or something, and, and chloroform is for that. And, and then after, uh, then you get to the chloroform and, you, and then he dies. And then there's an autopsy. And he talked to the doctor after the autopsy about the autopsy results. And there was chloroform in his body. Mm-hmm. But also no internal problems noted at all. Yeah. So he confronts her and says, well, what's this all? You said he had all these, these big internal issues, and but there's nothing shows up in the autopsy. What was that about? And she's and. And then he says, I'm, I'm, you know, by the way, the chloroform, you know, I'm going to have to come clean. And she was like, no, no, you can't tell anybody about the chloroform. 
And I think Edwin was a bit of a hypochondriac because probably he he's had, he's got all these illnesses and all these issues, and yet when the doctors examine him, they can find no cause. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's one of those uh, one of those sayings. You know, you shouldn't self-diagnose for that reason. No, you know, so no, like no, a, no, no, no. Like my psych teachers uh, warned uh, warned us. You know, it's like you know when you start reading about all these various psychological issues, don't. Don't start because you're self-examining. Gonna, don't don't yeah. start self-diagnosing yourself as psychotic. You yeah. aren't okay. No. Well, maybe some. Maybe of you some are. of you. But yeah. yeah, but yeah, but probably not. Yeah, probably yeah. Not. I mean, I, I guess I can see kind of an argument of just you know being kind of an idiot and saying, okay, listen, the police are on to us. They know that Edwin died of um, chloroform. chloroform poisoning, and I have chloroform. I know they're looking at me. I know I didn't do anything wrong, but it sure is going to look like I did something wrong if oh, they yeah. find these bottles. So I'll just get rid of them. And then there it won't look like I did anything well, wrong at all. And yeah. from his point of view, you know, he's been uh, even if he's if he was totally innocent, even uh, the way the law looks at it, especially in the way society looks at it back in those days, women were women were delicate creatures. Mm-hmm. They weren't they weren't typically murderers. He was almost always the guy. Yeah. yeah. So, well, and, it actually almost always is the guy. But. Yeah, yeah, but but and so he, even though she might have totally snared him, uh, he and he just decided, you know, maybe I'd better shut up about this stuff and get rid of the evidence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? and I think that's probably what happened here. Yeah. You know, the other thing I keep thinking of is Edwin. You know, with the whole chucking of the bottles, he's kind of lucky that. He was in London of 1885 instead of London of 2017, where everything is on CCTV. Yeah. So they could have actually probably seen where he was in you don't the mean, alley. You don't mean Edwin, though. No, I'm sorry. I meant George Dyson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I totally got the wrong person. It's okay. Di- I was like, Edwin. But No, Dyson, because Dyson is the one who says he chucked him when he was walking on a path. Well, mm-hmm. today there isn't a square inch of London that doesn't have a camera on Well, unless you're Andrew Gosden. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's true. true. Yeah. That's true. Okay, well, let's move on to the last theory here. Uh, and this is not an official theory. This is just a Steve theory. This is my favorite theory, though. And it's the dentist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The dentist You're is a medical quack. Medical misadventure, perhaps? Yes, mm-hmm. because this guy is such a nut job. It's entirely possible that he's probably knocking Edwin out if he's doing any kind of procedure to him that in- involves sawing off of teeth with live roots. Mm -hmm. So you could see him either pouring it down through what Joe said, intubation, or maybe some chloroform tablets fall. He's a klutz and whoa, they fall down his throat. He's like, well, he'll be okay. I won't tell him about the 72 pills that I accidentally poured down his throat. I think they would have kicked in a little sooner than that. I I was going to say, I think chloroform (laughs) only takes a few hours. Well, I mean, it depends on how, if the, yeah, if it was innovated, but if Mm -hmm. the, if it was pills, like Joe said, it it might give it a longer life. I really just want to disparage this dentist as much as I can. Absolutely. Oh my God. Well, it's hard to say back Well, back in those days, it's really hard to say how many people were actually killed by their doctors their dentists. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably quite a few. Well, and we're lucky mm-hmm. today because we can look at these things and figure it out. But yeah. at that time, it's uh, this is my best guess. Yeah. This is all I really uh, know. I got no good hard science to back it up. I uh, I kind of like this theory because I kind of imagine this sort of primitive gas mask sort of thing, right? With the, with mm-hmm. the chloroform being aerated at the, just like the smell, but it's defective because this dentist is a quack. And it's spraying, and it's, spraying droplets yeah, in his it's just like, his mouth. Yeah, yeah. totally. Just like, yeah. Ax- there's just like a constant drip of it down his throat. 
And uh, for some reason, I don't know why it doesn't burn his throat, but you know, he's problem just, is uh, that at that time they didn't use the mask. It literally was, they were yeah. just taking a rag. It was like people were actually dying at the dentist because there was no actual, you know, time scientifically figured out how long mm-hmm. it should be there. So they would give the same amount to you, Devin, mm-hmm. at your size as they would to Joe, who is a much larger person compared to you. I was going to say, and that would just kill Joe and immediately. Well, it would. Yeah. <laughs> I think it actually might be the other way around. But yeah. you could be right because <laughs> yeah. my science is 1885-ish. Yeah. yeah but, uh, so, yeah, they yeah, were, doctors is, were killing people all the time. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I mean, very with anesthesia, the these days, they very, very carefully measure all that stuff and out. And they only yeah, do I mean, it if they absolutely think they have to. I mean, yeah. they, I've been to several medical procedures. They're like, do you, we, we don't really want to put you under. Do you, do you want to go in? I'm like, no, no I'm fine. Really, no. Turn on the radio so I don't have to listen to yeah. anything. It's fine. Yeah, I've only been under once, and yeah. it was one of the most disconcerting experiences of my entire life. Yeah. So See? I don't really want don't it do again. It. Yeah. No. I don't really want to do it. Only once for me too. And then I want to woke up. Everybody was, everybody was standing around smiling. So I, <laughs> uh, never again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we need to talk to you about that tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I like the dentist theory. I agree. The timeline doesn't totally yeah. line up, but you know, of the people, I think he's, he, it's just as easy to prove that he did it as yeah. anyone else. Oh, uh, and not even necessarily, necessarily deliberately. I mean, he might've given them some pills for this, that, or whatever and you well, he, know and he yeah. seems to be the one that's giving edwin the the pills with mercury in him although you will see accountings it written that edwin was suffering from an std or an sti yeah. which mercury like syphilis which mercury was used to treat that oh, but yeah. there's absolutely no proof of that and you know in his examination they didn't find anything when they examined yeah. his body so that's the mercury was working yeah. yes but yeah but but also according to dyson though he, he did say most definitively that he had worms he, and and so I'm I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah, he was taking mercury for that. Maybe maybe he's taking his regular dosage of mercury for the worms or whatever. And then the dentist prescribed some new pills that very day, which happened to have mercury in them. And he OD'd on mercury, but then that still doesn't explain. It doesn't explain the chloroform. The chloroform. Doesn't explain the chloroform, which I, is why this story is so fun. It's it because is it's just it, you, we're just running in circles. I yeah. think no, I think what happened is it was the wife did just say you know one day they're, they're just sitting around and she said, and she just probably said you know what darling it's been so long since I've been in a chug a lug contest <laughs> why don't we chuck some brandy yeah <laughs> and and so it just so he just just chugged it down so fast he couldn't taste the, the chloroform in there. I don't think and that's then, it. Oh, well, one of the I think there is, there's, it's still, I'm still thinking there is some possibility of some sort of clever introduction through the food into his stomach. That's a possibility, too. Okay. Hmm. But, well, you science yeah. that out and then yeah. come back to us, okay? That's yeah. your homework. But, but I'm most, not eating any meals here. Most likely, he just slugged down some brandy that had been spiked. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's all we've got on this particular story. Uh, if you have thoughts or comments or questions about this one, you can always reach out to us by email, by sending an email to thinkingsidewayspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can go to our website where you can read some of the research about this story. You can also find links to our episode history. All of that's available on the website, thinkingsidewayspodcast.com. We're on social media, so we're on Twitter. We've got a Facebook page and a Facebook group. And, of course, we're on Reddit. So we're on all the social media sites. Uh, and wherever you're listening to us, obviously you like it. We're on all the sources, but you go ahead and continue to use this one. If it does allow you to rate and review the podcast, that would be fantastic, and we do appreciate that. That's all we've got to share this week. Uh, so I guess we're going to get out of here. Yeah. 
Ta-ta, everybody. Bye, guys. The story you just heard was inspired by The Alienist, TNT's new limited series starring Daniel Bruhl, Luke Evans, and Dakota Fanning. To learn more, visit TheAlienist.com. That's TheAlienist.com. A-L-I-E-N-I-S-T.